God, we're clapping. We're clapping because of your faithfulness and the reality that all we have needed, your hand is provided. Even with God, sometimes we don't see it or feel it or recognize it. But at the same time, we're here. God, we're still here. Somehow you have provided what we need to get us here. So we say together, all together, great is your faithfulness, O God. And God, we clap our hands just as some way to say, we, yes, we also feel it more. God, we say it and we, we, we recognize it and we know it. You've brought us to this place. Thank you. God, your word says that your faithfulness is, uh, well, your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God, your word says that your grace is sufficient for us. It's enough and just what we need. God, your word says that your love is everlasting. It's never-ending, unstoppable. Great is your faithfulness, O God. King Jesus, would you speak to us this morning? Would you open up our eyes to see what it is that you see? God, would you open up our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying? Maybe you've been saying it for a long time and we haven't heard yet. Would you just say it one more time for us? Open our ears that we could hear it this time. God, would you soften our hearts? Maybe if you're here and you feel like you just put your hands over your heart. God, this is, we're placing our hands on our own hearts to say, soften them. Help us to recognize or see or feel or change somehow. Do a work in our heart today. We really, really want it. And Jesus, we pray all these things to you. We pray them to you because we believe that we are not praying to deaf ears. We're not praying to an empty sky. We are calling out to a God that we know that's so close in the room with us, listening as we pray. So we pray to you, Jesus, and in your name, amen. Good morning, friends. I'm really glad you're here. Where'd this come from? Well done. Um, if you are a preteen, the coffee shop is ready for you. So, Pastor Krista's back there. She's leading you in that direction. If you want to just stomp on back there, your room is ready. The rest of you are stuck with me. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, I want to start by saying that you're here for a reason. I don't know what brought you here today. I don't know what kind of conditions had to happen for you to get here today. I don't know what things maybe got in the way, but somehow you overcame them to get here today. But you're here for a purpose. You didn't get here by happenstance. It wasn't bad luck nor good luck. There's a purpose for you being here. If you're online, there's a reason that you're specifically listening to this podcast right now or sermon online or whatever else it is that you're listening to. You're here for a reason. 
You were destined to be here right now. And the reason we know that is because you're here right now. I want to talk a little bit about this sense of being chosen today, but that will come in a bit. First, I want to do a little bit of definition work. Because this month we're going to be talking about grace. This word grace has a lot of different connotations that we have in our culture. Lots of different things that we do with grace. And we, we say things like, oh, she, she moves with grace. Right? And we're describing a kind of like fluidity or peaceful kind of movement. Or we, we say, could you just give me a little bit of grace here? Most often, when we think about grace, we're, we're hearkening back to something maybe we heard in Sunday school or an idea we've read about in the Bible or maybe even a kind of a mass bit of information that we are kind of dialing down into this one particular idea that grace usually for us means forgiveness. But there's, there's a little bit of a different definition for what grace really means. This month we're going to be pointing at it. Next week, uh, Mark Putney is going to share with us actually about grace. In the coming weeks, we're going to hear from several different people. But I want to start off by a really clear definition of what grace means. Grace means something that's been given to us that we do not deserve. To be given something without merit ahead of time. You don't earn it. It's just a gift that you were given. And so the sense in which we don't deserve forgiveness, but we're given it anyway. We don't deserve for God to choose us beyond anybody else, but God chooses us anyway. We don't really deserve to be here, but we're here Anyway, these are all different measures of grace. Maybe to juxtapose that with the opposite of it, this word we also know, but maybe don't know what it means, mercy. Mercy is the opposite of grace, actually. Because mercy means a thing that we are not given, that we do deserve. If I said something nasty to you, I deserve to be popped in the mouth. But in mercy, I'm not going to do that. This is mercy, and this is grace. This morning, I want us to look at a different kind of grace because so often when we look at grace, we recognize this idea of forgiveness, that we are forgiven for our sins in this incredibly undeserved way. When we look at, at the picture that we all know kind of as believers in Christ that sin is such a big deal and how do we ca- cover the chasm between us and God with all the stuff that we know about our history. We receive grace of forgiveness for our past. But actually, we've been given quite a few things in addition to forgiveness. We don't deserve it, but God still gives us hope. We don't deserve it, but God still gives us peace. Specifically this morning, we don't deserve it, but God still gives us power. Grace isn't just a gift of forgiveness for our past. Grace is also a gift of strength to get through whatever it is we're getting through for tomorrow. Because there is a bunch of stuff that feels like, God, how am I going to get through this? And really, just even thinking about my life right now seems relatively simple compared to a Ukrainian life. God, how are Ukrainians going to get through this? God, how is Russia going to get through this? There is so much happening and there's a sense that we have about power that maybe we want it to strike down and lightning and and this incredible move of God. I, I don't know how to make that happen. But at the same time, 
There's something that I believe firmly that we have been given grace that empowers us to get through really hard things. Jesus is always doing miracles, really incredible ones. And all of the Gospels are full of these stories of incredible things that Jesus does for people. And it's usually unmerited. And a lot of them have like this really grandiose, almost like a like wielding the natural powers, calming the storms, changing the environment. A lot of them also have to do with physically changing an ailing body. If someone is sick or lame or in pain for a long season of time and a, a touch from Jesus changes the story. But there's these other stories that have been intriguing me lately. These other stories that don't have a physical representation of the miracle. And somehow those are captivating my attention. For instance, Zacchaeus. He's too short. And you know what God doesn't do? Make him taller. You can find the story in in Luke chapter 19. God doesn't make Zacchaeus taller. Instead, God does a different kind of miracle. God goes to his house for lunch. Changes everything. Changes his life. Changes the trajectory of his life. Changes his story. He's been a greedy cheat. He's been not following God in his behavior. But it didn't take him miraculously getting taller. It took Jesus recognizing him in a tree and saying, I'm coming to your house today for lunch. And all of a sudden, his life changed. Take the picture of the woman caught in the middle of a lewd act. Caught in adultery. And she's strung out into the center of the city. And everyone around her has stones in their hands. And the plan is to bludgeon her to death with rocks. And there's lots of miraculous things Jesus could have done. I mean, Jesus could have stepped into that story in, a, in a, an incredibly powerful way, right? And just blew the oppressors off the map. He could have written back history and changed the story from the beginning. He didn't do that. Instead, he kneels down and he writes in the sand. And then he just says something about fairness. He speaks this gracious word of justice. And all of a sudden, this different kind of grace becomes so powerful. All of a sudden, not not the cosmic story, the very intimate story, that if you also are without sin, you should throw the stone first. And this kind of grace changes her life. Take the woman with a lewd past and an undesirable ethnicity that's found at a well. Jesus wasn't supposed to talk to her. Maybe she needed some things. Maybe she was even praying for a kind of gift from God that she did not deserve. God, could you just give me a million dollars and I'll solve all my problems? God, could you make my husband kind and it'll solve all my problems? God, could you, could you make me into a different ethnicity maybe? Change my color and then people won't look at me like they're looking at me all the time. God didn't do any of that stuff. Jesus saw her, and it says he told her 
her story. This kind of grace was way more powerful than maybe even what she was praying for. This is grace. And grace is empowering. Grace gives us strength enough to make the kinds of changes in our lives that we wish we could make, if only. Grace is this awesome gift that we often remember as forgiveness, but it's also a power for our future. I'm going to read from Ephesians today because that's where we're at, but I'm going to read from there in a second. Because first, there's this incredible portion that Paul describes grace as power to us in the book of 2 Corinthians. So, Bible, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 8. Paul's talking about this grandiose moment where he sees this incredible miracle happen on a, on a beyond our level scale, but this is what he says after that. He says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord, take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weaknesses. So therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why for Christ's sake I delight in weakness in insults, in hardship, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Grace is empowering. Grace is more than I could do on my own. All the stuff in my life that I look at and I recognize, God, I feel weak in some places. I feel unable to overcome the difficulties in my life the way that I am God, would you just take it away from me? Take this thorn out of my side or torment or whatever it is that's going on. Would you just take it away? Can God can. And God does. But I wonder if there's something more meaningful in our lives. Like having lunch with us or speaking a word of fairness about us or telling us our story that might be so much more powerful for actual changes in who I am. Changes in the things that are going on in my life. A couple of examples I can think of. I don't know about you, but for me, some places I feel weak sometimes are at my place of work. (laughs) This place. And I can say absolutely certainly, I love you guys. I really do. But man, I often feel like God, could someone else lead them better? God, I feel like I I, I wish I was stronger. I wish I was more able to say just the thing people need to hear right when they need to hear it. Could you just take over, maybe? I mean, could you just like, I, I don't want possession, but could you just possess me for a minute? Just speak to them, and then I'll jump back in the seat later. Uh, Nick, I don't don't want to do that. Actually, your weakness is where I get to be stronger. Because my grace is sufficient for you. What about your workplace? Everybody has cranky coworkers. Well, I don't. But everybody else does. (laughs) 
Is there a place in your job that you feel like, God, I'm weak here. I don't know what I'm doing and I wish I did because I would do it. Good. Maybe instead of praying that God would take it away, maybe instead we could pray in to a kind of strengthening, empowering grace that God has for you. What about your families? I have teenagers. And I constantly feel insufficient to give them what they need because I want them to know I love you no matter what, Hannah and Haley. There's nothing you can do about it. I don't care what you say or what you do. I love you. But at the same time, they've got to know boundaries. At the same time, they've got to know there's some stuff you can't do. And there's a feeling like, well, then you don't love me. Yes, I do. But you have boundaries. And then I feel weak. I feel like I'm, I'm not fitting the bill for what they need. Do you feel like that with your kids sometimes? Maybe you have adult kids. And they have way more needs. They have kids of their own. Could you just be a grandparent today? Yes, I can, but I'm not going to be good at it. God, help me. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Maybe it's in your marriages or lack thereof. God, I feel weak in my marriage sometimes. I feel like I'm the problem sometimes. I feel like like you're trying to help me, but I can't hear it and it's making me angry. Do you feel that sometimes? I feel alone sometimes. I don't have a spouse and I wish that I did and maybe I should just like get online and what is it? Love is blind. You seen that TV show? Just arrange marriages. God, do this miraculous thing. I'll say yes to whoever you want. Don't want to be alone anymore. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weaknesses. God, that's great. I hear you, Nick. I hear you. I hear what you're saying and I like it. I like the idea that God's grace is enough for me, but at the same time, I can't feel it. I don't see it. Maybe there is a sense that it's for somebody. It's just not for me. Now we come to Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Start in verse 3. This is what Jesus says about you and about grace. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship and daughtership through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Not a little bit. 
He doesn't give us a little bit of grace. He lavishes it on us, which means it's a little bit too much. It's kind of messy. It overflows and it, 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 it actually spills a bit, maybe onto others. That God lavishes his love, his grace on each of us, the stuff that we don't deserve, and he gives it anyway. And do you know what, his, what he says about it? He says it's specifically chosen for you. Not just chosen, also predestined for you. Also, he chose you before the beginning of creation. Not just to be chosen, also to be adopted. All of this is just to say, if you were wondering, yes, God loves you. All these big theological terms that we can argue about forever. I don't want to argue about that. I just want to hear this this clear. God does this for you. And if you need verses, there's a dozen of them that say it's specifically for the whole world. You're included in it. What kinds of places in your life are you feeling weak in? How often have you prayed for them? How many times have you asked God, could you just take it away? Could you just take it away? One, two, three times maybe, maybe more. My grace is sufficient for you. Because all Zacchaeus needed was someone to have lunch with. Changed his life. All the woman caught in adultery needed was someone to speak fairly about her. Changed her life. All the woman at the well needed was someone to tell her her story. And it changed everything. So the question now is, What do you have need of? Where are you weak? Where maybe have you been either praying for God to take it away or trying to solve the problem on your own? Instead of just saying, God, you you solve it. Let me be weak. Your grace is sufficient for me. If what we will find is that God's power gets perfectly orchestrated in our weaknesses. I've been reading a lot about Ukraine this last couple of weeks. Have you been reading about Ukraine, praying for Ukraine? We prayed for them this morning. Pray for them consistently throughout the week. And all of a sudden I'm realizing, oh, somehow the stories that I'm hearing of this grandiose picture are different than the stories coming from actual people who are experiencing God's grace in the midst of a terribly weak and distraught time. We just prayed this morning about somehow of the millions of people that are leaving Ukraine, going to Poland and all over East East Europe, many of them aren't in refugee camps. Many of them are in the houses of Polish people because they've just welcomed them in. And all of a sudden, this powerful grace is empowering a nation like Poland to be welcomers, hospitable bearers of the Holy Spirit to others. I read, I don't know how accurate these things are because I don't live in Ukraine, but I read something this week that said from a pastor in Ukraine that they're grateful because Russian soldiers are realizing they don't have enough food and asking Ukrainian people for food. What an incredible thing to be able to turn the story upside down and say, oh, I actually am empowered to be Jesus even in this moment. Heidi went to a 
conference yesterday. And in the middle of the conference, they have a Ukrainian pastor that's sharing what's going on on the ground. And in the midst of this moment, they're, they're saying, well, we've got to pray for Ukrainians. So let's pray. And he said, wait, 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 wait. Before you do that, we've got to pray for Russians too. Because their sons are dying too. God didn't change the death, but he did empower the living to do this incredible thing that we get to be empowered to be more and more like Jesus. What's going on in your life? What's the thing that you've been praying for? What's the thing that you've been wishing God would just take the armies away? My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. I want us to pray this morning. And as we pray, I want us to take a second to really take stock of what we've been praying historically. God is faithful to give us what we do not deserve. Maybe the problems that we have are of our own making. Maybe the things that we're facing are, are things that we should have done differently in the past. Well, grace is forgiveness given, undeserved. God forgives. So as we sing this next song, we just sing this song again. Maybe that's part of it. You just need to take a second and just say, God, would you forgive me for my foolishness? Maybe this is a problem that I made. Would you forgive me? I, I want to tell you ahead of time the answer is yes. Now we turn our prayers towards the next thing. Jesus, what do you want for me to do now in my problem, in my thorn, in my side, whatever it is? God, how do you want me to pray? How might you step into my story? And maybe God will do a miracle and, and make you taller. Or maybe, maybe he has something else in store for you that he can shine brightly through your weakness. So let's sing this song, this God, we turn our eyes to you, Jesus. We're looking specifically, directionally, fully in your face. Would you step in and give us unmerited grace? Would you show us exactly what you have in mind to do that would change our lives? That would help us not to be greedy tax collectors or married over and over and over again like that woman at the well. Or caught in the middle of things that we feel powerless to avoid, like the woman caught in adultery. God, would we, as we turn our eyes to you, would you just shine your light in some of those places? Speak to us, Lord.